when I started out in ministry, um, it was a really interesting sense of how it all came together. I'd been at the church I was at since I was in grade 10. I'd gone to my undergraduate degree and my master's degree and I graduated from seminary and was looking for a church. And I was actually on the elders board at the church at the time and I knew they were gonna be looking for a pastor full time and I knew it would not be me because they wanted somebody to lead worship. And yeah, that was not gonna be me. <laughs> not if they wanted their church to grow and not drive everybody away. And so I actually stepped down the board because I was looking actively at other churches and I was quite grieved. I remember leaving a congregational meeting as they talked about this position, excited for them, but also just in tears as I drove home because my church family, I'd have to leave. A couple months later, they came back and said, Mike, we want you to apply for our position. We're going just with a full-time associate for kids ministry. And I'd been involved doing camp ministry at the church for... Uh, the previous seven, eight years, and they said, we think you could do this. I was floored. But ultimately, I got, I got this role. The church called me. I don't know why still to this day, because I know other people who applied who are way better suited, but this was a God thing. And I came into this role, and the church was at a spot that they'd been growing, and they needed to go to having two church services, one at 9.30 and one at 11. And so I started beginning of June, and they said, yeah, so we want you to have two full services of kids programs by September. Okay, okay, we, we can do this. This will be hard, but we can do it. And then they said, oh, and by the way, all the volunteers have quit because they're burnt out. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I think quickly I said, Lord, help me. <laughs> and then that became a much more serious <laughs> prayer the more I thought about it. Lord, help me. And so in a matter of three months over the summer, I was tasked with rebuilding kids' ministry in that church from the bottom up and doubling it. Nursery was twice the amount of volunteers, toddler room, kids' programs, first service, kids' programs, second services. And I had a lot of learning to do. I made a lot of mistakes along the way. I had some wonderful people who served alongside me in a volunteer role who were just great part of the ministry team. And we put into place this program. Um, it was called Promised Land. And the idea was that everybody who served in it did just one part instead of doing everything. Our model before had been, you take this age and you're gonna do everything, all the prep, all the music, all the teaching, all the connecting. We want you to do everything. And people had gotten burnt out with this. And so we went to a different model. And it was like, okay, let's use people's gifts where they're at. And it took some time for the church to realize we were serious about that. But we had people serving where they were gifted. We had uh, some moms who said, we can't do anything Saturday morning. We're so exhausted. Or on Sunday morning, we're so exhausted. Um, but if you need some cutting out, we could do that. But we know that doesn't really count as ministry. I'm like, what, why doesn't that count? Well, it's not working with kids, and that, that's all that counts. I'm like, you do understand if you do all this prep, they don't have to. And you're enabling them to do their role. And they're going to think you're the most amazing person in the world by getting everything ready for them. I said, that is a wonderful gift to use your skills and gifts that way. And so they did that. And then we had other people who would come on and they would teach large group, which was all the kids together learning the Bible story that day. And so they'd be the ones up front, almost like doing a sermon for kids for about 20 minutes teaching it. And, and they loved doing that. But they're like, but Mike, does this really count? Because we're, we're not really interacting with the kids one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it counts. 
then we had other people who led small groups. Actually, you, you met um, Kevin and Christine last week who were uh, kicking off our Operation Christmas Child. Kevin came on at one point as one of my small group leaders, and he was phenomenal. He was actually Kara's, my daughter Kara's small group leader. And they were people who just loved being with groups of kids and would take the story that they learned and help them apply it into their life. And some of them are like, well, you know, I, I really should be doing more teaching, shouldn't I, with the story? I'm like, no, that's not your job, it's this. And then, I mean, we had one person who, she thought she wanted to be a teacher, and she goes, okay, Mike, I, I'm going to volunteer to do a small group, because I'm going to be a teacher, I can do this, I'm going to love it. And two weeks in, she goes, Mike, I hate it. This is the worst experience. I don't want to be a teacher at all, and I don't like working with small groups of kids, but I'll, I'll do the whole year, because I, pro I promise to. I'm like, no, you won't. What do you want to do? Well, I like organizing things, but, you know, it doesn't count. I said, well, we need somebody to do our sign-in desk. Well, really, sign-in desk? Like, does that really count as ministry? I'd love to do it, but, I mean, how important is that? I said, well, you're going to make sure that every family coming in is greeted and welcomed. You're going to make sure every kid is safe and accounted for, and all these things are going to hear their Bible verses. I said, it's such an important role. She took that on, and wow, she rocked it. She got her husband to build this whole sign-in center, and it was just absolutely amazing as she used her gifts. And then um, a gentleman named Jerry, Ben's uncle, actually, one of the connections we have, um, was at the church, and he was known as the mojo man in the church because he always had bags of mojo candies. This goes back to the 80s. Obviously, we don't have mojos very much anymore, though when we see them, we would buy them for them still. We said, you know, the kids are getting points every week for bringing a friend, bringing a Bible, saying their verse, being there, and we want to do a point store. I said, would you, would you be willing to do this? And he's like, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I had parents saying, is this allowed? Like, the kids were going home with, like, buckets of toys and candy and stuff from the point store because he just overstocked and underpriced the point store. It was totally his gifting. And our ministry took shape. Our first service, we had a totally different program. And we changed that program based on the gifting and interest of those who were serving in that ministry. And over time, our ministry grew. We, we pulled more people in serving as they realized, hey, I can do this little piece here or this little piece there. And that's meaningful and valuable. And the ministry grew over time from 25 kids to 50 to 75, ultimately up to about 150 kids over about a seven-year period. And it was amazing to see God at work in that through the body of Christ serving together. And there's some lessons I learned in the midst of this of what our role is as a church. And one of the things that I came to the point of doing is that as I encountered people who were serving and we go say, hey, would you like to help out in this area? And they'd say, no. My first response was always, thank you. Some of you have heard that from me as well when I've asked questions. Thank you for considering. And the reason I say thank you is because the goal was never to fill program slots with volunteers. Maybe initially that was our goal because we had to get stuff up and running. But it, it came very quickly we want people to serve in the church where they are gifted and able to build up the body of Christ. 
And so if somebody's saying no to me for this area, that means it might be a yes over here. And so a no is a win because it meant they were one step closer to learning where they were going to serve in the body of Christ with the gifts, skills, and interests they had. And it became very freeing to me that I wasn't trying to get a yes from everybody all the time, but was seeing this happen. And I saw firsthand as I grew in ministry how God equipped the church and the church used their gifts to carry out God's ministry. I realized God always provides us with what we need to be the church. He's given us the people, the resources we need to be the church. And so there's this balance between dreaming big, but also saying, God, what have you given us? Who are you calling us to be with what you've given us here in this place? Now, this was a season in ministry for me where that passage we heard read from 1 Corinthians 12 about gifts, it became so real to me. And as I saw God providing what was needed in the church and community, I was, and I was seeing people serving out of their gifting and seeing God's kingdom growing through this, I came to understand this is real. This isn't some idealistic scriptural thing that, okay, it sounds nice. It was real. God has equipped his church for the ministry. He equips us as believers for our ministry. Our ministry here in this building, but also our ministry as a church, the greater church, in the community beyond, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in the schools, in all these places. God's equipped us for what he's called us to. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. How true is that? We each have a part to play. We each have something to contribute to God's kingdom. People who work with our facility have something to contribute. And they've done an amazing job during this last season of COVID where they've taken the shutdown time and other things to, to work and invest in our facility because God provided them that opportunity and they've been using their gifts and skills and abilities to invest in this facility so it's ready to be used for ministry for God's kingdom. We have others in this church who have a gift of encouragement and are coming alongside people and just praying for them or sharing an encouragement word to them or writing a card to them. Just saying, hey, I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you. Some of you have received those cards and things. That's a gift God's given you that is blessing people in this church, local church, but also in the church broader and in the community broader. Some of you have the gift of service. 
I know one story where somebody went into someone's house and just cleaned house for them. I suspect that person doesn't think that was a major thing to do, but wow, what a wonderful use of gifts. What a wonderful heart of service. And that person told me what a blessing and how much it meant to them that that person did it for them. Others have got the gift of teaching. I'm actually not here the next two Sundays, and so James is going to teach next week, I believe, and Ben's going to teach the week after that. And I'm just thankful that we have other people in this church who have the gift of teaching because God's equipped us for this ministry together. And it's not just about me being up here preaching. It's about us doing this work together, and so I'm excited for them to be able to share. We have people with the gift of leadership. I'm not talking about leadership in the way of the world where it's like, do what I say, follow me. Like, I'm talking, we got people with that biblical, humble, servant leadership in this church, and it's wonderful to see. And the gifts go on. And it is one of my greatest privileges as a pastor is to watch people using their gifts where God has placed them for God's kingdom. And if you take away one thing from this message today, God has equipped you where you are for what he wants you to do. What he wants you to do here as a part of this community of faith, what he wants you to do in the community where you are, God has placed you here and equipped you for that. And we're going to talk about what that looks like and what's our part in that being equipped. Verse 11 tells us, all these are the same, are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. I see this as kind of like a divine puzzle that God has laid out, where we're each a piece in it, and God personally gifts us through his spirit equipping us just as he determines because he's got the whole picture in mind. He knows how every piece fits together and we each do our part. God works through us as a whole through the gifts we each have so we can care and love for one another and reach out to the world beyond us. Now, I think there's a few dangers with spiritual gifts and passions and interests. Well, more dangers with how we interpret them and their role. God knows what he's doing when he gifts us. The first danger is we begin to see, hey, God's doing this in me. And so sometimes we start to think, well, I'm passionate about this, and God's gifted me, so we should all do this. Have you ever felt that way? Hey, God's doing this. We should all do what I'm doing because this is working for me, so it's going to work for everybody else. There's a danger in that. Yes, when we're doing things, often it's done in community with others, with their own gifts, and we'll, they'll come on board and they'll serve alongside. But if we have tunnel vision, we miss out on the larger question of, what is God using other people for? What is God putting on their hearts? If we feel that the thing, that our thing is the only thing that God is doing, then we're gonna miss recognizing God at work in one another in unique but complementary ways. Sometimes we will share in ministry. We do ministry together, whether it be kids' ministry, our youth ministry, whether it be going and delivering books 
to a neighborhood so they can wrestle with the question, why? We'll do some of these things together. And sometimes those ministries will come to a spot of being a formal ministry in the church. Sometimes ministries are just our ministry that God has called us to. And that's one of the challenges I wrestled with as a pastor, not so much here, but in the past where, hey, Mike, I have this idea and I think you should take it and run with it as a church because God put this on my heart and so I think everybody else should do it. Well, is that what God's calling us to? Or are you looking for an easy out so you don't have to do the work that God's calling you to? Why don't you get some people on board and see where it goes? Share your passion, share what God's doing, see what God's putting on their heart. But other times, the ministries become a larger ministry of the church, and it's wonderful. But it doesn't always have to be all of us doing the same thing all the time. Because God's at work in each of us where he's placed us. The second danger, it builds off the first danger. That if God gifts me for this, then it must be something, it has to be official. It has to be formal. Or maybe we only see spiritual gifts as being for official church ministries. And I, one of my pet peeves with spiritual gifts is when we give out an inventory in a church and get everybody to fill out the form. Okay, submit your gifts. And how do they line up with our formal church ministries? Okay, you slot into this program and you slot into that program and you slot into this program. And we're taking God and what he's doing in each of our lives and we're putting it in a little box and saying, this is how it has to fit. And I never like it when we put God in a little box because we're limiting God and what he's doing. And you might say, well, I never see things this way, but let me ask you, have you ever seen people serving in the church and are active in the church And you think, wow, they're better disciples than those who aren't engaged in the church and aren't active in the church and who are maybe using their gifts in quieter ways in the world. I know I've thought that at times. It's a temptation we fall into. And if we don't hear what God's doing with people in their gifts, in their workplaces, in their communities, we're missing out on a whole lot of God's gifting being used in the world. If we think gifting is only for formal church ministry, We're limiting God. God equips us for ministry here in the church formally, but also to be the people of the kingdom of God, spreading God's love and kingdom throughout the world. And both are important. The Holy Spirit equips us personally as disciples and for ministry both in the church and in the world. Now, I want us to turn to 2 Peter 1. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at verses 3 to 11 this morning. We had that read for us as well. Peter's letters to the churches have this underlying theme that we are called by God to be a part of the church, that we're part of the body of Christ, and so we need to nurture that. That very thing that Holy Spirit helps equip us to do. So as we look at the Holy Spirit as equipper, we turn to 2 Peter 1, we're actually not going to see a reference to the Holy Spirit really in this passage. This isn't a passage that's all about the Holy Spirit. But what the message talks about are some of the things we know the Holy Spirit does as a part of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And so the passage that we're looking at begins with, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The focus here is that we should be living godly lives rooted in the knowledge of Christ. Faith, while rooted in knowledge, rooted in the truth of who Jesus is and what we've been taught about Jesus and what the Spirit revealed to us, is more than just knowledge or belief in a set of statements. When it's talking about knowledge, it's not just talking about, hey, have the right facts in your head, that's all you need. Faith is the living life on the basis of the promises of God we have in Christ. Emphasis on living, not just knowing. Faith leads to living a godly life, and a godly life means loosening the ties to a fallen world in which sin dominates, and embracing life the way embracing life the way Christ calls us to live. Living empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a part of God's kingdom in this world. The work of Christ is to free us from bondage to sin and the brokenness and the corruption of the world and lead us into the life God desires for each of us. Why does God do this? Well, let's look at verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God equips us through his Holy Spirit so we can escape the brokenness and corruption of this world and participate in the work of Christ in the world. Or as 1 Corinthians says it, we can participate in the divine nature. God wants us to equip us so we're not just in relationship with God, but we're able to do the work of God in this world so we can be Christ to the world. We can be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. And God is equipping us for this, which is great. So if God is equipping us, is there anything we need to do? I mean, God's equipped us. I mean, if the Holy Spirit's giving us what we need, what's needed from us? Well, we have a part to play too. Let's look at verses five to seven. For this, every, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. And there's this phrase in there. Make every effort. That's an ongoing effort. And that's our part, to make every effort, to take what the Holy Spirit equips us with, and make every effort to build upon our faith and how we live it out in our life. And we see Peter giving us this list of virtues here of faith and goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. And note how they each build on each other. As we put this effort in, it transforms and it grows. And it's a transformation that takes place within our lives when we make every effort using this, the gifts the Holy Spirit has in our lives. 
And the gifts are more than our ability to do things. The gifts include knowledge and understanding of who Christ is. The Spirit equips us with that so we can understand the Word of God. The gifts aren't just things we can do. They're, they're also the fruit of the Spirit. Those are a gift of the Spirit in our life as well. As the Spirit works in us and brings about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the working of the Spirit in our life, and so it's a gift. Any working of the Spirit in our lives to guide us is a gift of the Spirit. We cannot risk limiting our understanding of how the Holy Spirit guides us and equips us to a set category we selected from one passage of Scripture when it's clear the Holy Spirit equips us in so many ways in our lives. As we look at this list of virtues, we see that as we make effort to build on and make use of the gifting of the Spirit, we begin with simple faith, and it moves to developing ultimately a love. Faith is where it begins... It's the grounding of all the Christian virtues because faith gives us the basis of knowledge of Christ needed for the godly life we desire. And it moves on through all these virtues. And they're not isolated, but they're connected, building up on each other, ultimately to love. Because love is central to who God is, and so it is the peak of all God has called us to be. We love others because Christ loves us. And God is equipping us through the Spirit to have all these things. But we need to be invested as well as nurturing them, being intentional. We continue in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we make every effort so we're not unproductive or ineffective. Equipping is so much more than just special gifts to do ministry. In fact, we see in verse 8, the goal is to help us to be effective and growing in our knowledge and in our faith. I think at times we look at the Holy Spirit equipping us as hands off by us because it's the work of God. But the key word here is equipping, or use the word gifts, if you will. If you're given a gift and you don't use it, well, what does that say about the gift? So you're given this gift by God. If you're not using it in your life, What's the purpose to having that gift? We have to make every effort to use what the Spirit equips us with. Or what if someone equips you with all the equipment you need to play football and you just stand on the sidelines and never play football? What's the point of being equipped? You don't need the equipment. So God's equipping you through the Holy Spirit for a purpose. And we have a responsibility to use the gifting and equipping that the Holy Spirit does in our lives to grow in knowledge, to serve one another as a body of Christ and build each other up, and to love the world around us. God is equipping us through his Spirit. Some of these items on the list are the fruit of the Spirit, but they also require effort from us to stay focused on, to nurture, to not get sidetracked by the world. We need to put our effort into using the gifting and equipping of the Holy Spirit in our life so we stay focused on Christ, are not distracted from the world. So we're effective in the ministry God has called us to and not ineffective. 
We, we know from other passages in Scripture that gifts help us build up one another in the church. But 2 Peter is more specific in verse 9. Whoever does not have the gifts, whoever does not have these virtues is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Wow, that's harsh. But this is what happens when we don't engage with what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. When we try and just go our own way and do things on our own and not use what the Spirit is giving us in our life, gifting us and equipping us with. We become blinded to what God is doing and revert to living in the ways of the world, forgetting all that God has done for us. Can you imagine that? Forgetting the love and grace of Christ because we're so caught up in the world? But that's what happens. So I want to share three reasons why God equips and gifts, gifts us. We've already talked about these, but I want to reiterate them. We can grow in knowledge and faith in contrast to the world around us. This is the, a key part of our discipleship, is being sure we're rooted in Christ who is the truth, the way, and the life, and not in the world. Second, so we can serve and build up the body of believers and in turn be built up and encouraged in our faith. So we can join in what we're doing together. So we can work in that divine puzzle God has where we're each a part of it, an integral part, and the picture's incomplete without us using our gifts. And then so we can love and care for the world around us. I shared at the start of the sermon about my experience learning the values of gifts in the church. I never believed the gifts were all about some programs at the church. But what I came to believe is that wherever believers are at work, being equipped by the Holy Spirit, amazing things can happen as God works in and through us. As we step forward in faith, trusting the Spirit's leading and equipping in our lives. So how do you know how the Spirit is equipping you? Well, I'm going to say get busy living a life of faith to start. One of the lessons I learned was that you don't learn what your gifts are or how God has equipped you by doing a piece of paper checklist. They can be helpful a little bit and give you some sense where you check off boxes on paper and total things. You discover how God is equipping you by rooting yourself in scripture and prayer and just living a life of faith, trying to seek and serve God. By doing the things God has called you to in scripture. As we read the gospels, what's Christ calling us to be? Try those things. Try things out. If you're not sure what you're gifting us, try things that seem interesting to you and start doing. Start living out your faith. Start living out the equipping the Holy Spirit has done and see what works. Get your hands and feet dirty in the mess of the world while trusting in God. Try things out in church. Try things out in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Jesus modeled that for us, didn't he? Jesus went right into the mess of the life, the lives around him to share God's love, and he did amazing things. And when we set our eyes on God and allow the Spirit to work in us and to equip us, and we walk humbly forward in faith, God can and will do amazing things. Now, sometimes those things will seem small by the world's standards. But in God's kingdom, anything and everything God does in and through us is a part of the miracle of God transforming our world and bringing his kingdom into its fullness. 
And you also learn about your gifting by hearing from others. And this is a part we have to play in the church with each other. We don't serve in isolation from each other. We're in this together. We're discerning this together. As the Spirit works in us, as the Spirit is working in others, we need to encourage that, affirming the gifting and equipping of the Spirit in one another. Hey, I saw God doing this in you. Hey, thank you so much for this incredible gift of service. It was a blessing to me. Wow, God really uses you that way. There's so many ways we can affirm and encourage gifting rather than taking it for granted. What if your kid comes home from this morning and saying, hey, this was just amazing, I learned this. What about just reaching out and saying to the teacher, the person leading it, hey, God used you to put this on my child's heart today. What if somebody blesses you in a way that they don't even realize it's a blessing? Let them know that. Hey, are you gifted in this way? Because God's using you this way. It's not the language of our world, but it is the language of God's kingdom. And that involves changing how we speak to reflect God and not just the world. So we encourage each other. We affirm each other. This is so foundational to being in the community of faith. Again, the Holy Spirit equips us, but we each have a part to play. Both serving using the gifts God has given us, but encouraging and affirming others in their gifts. God's equipped us for such a time as this, too. Nothing that's happening in the world right now is a surprise to God. Yeah, we get surprised. Yeah, we get upset. We get worked up. But God's placed you where you are for this season. He's equipped you and is equipping you to be his light in the darkness of this world. So the question is, will you honor that equipping? And will you let God do wondrous things through you? You may not even realize he's doing wondrous things. But by being faithful, the kingdom of God is at work. As we seek to honor Christ, as we seek to love God, Let's also honor the Holy Spirit's working in our life, equipping us, guiding us, gifting us. And let's treasure those gifts and that equipping and live it out each and every day. Please bow with me in prayer. Jesus, thank you for giving us your spirit to work in us in this world each and every day. Thank you that the Spirit is always present with us and that the Spirit equips us for what we face, the challenges we face, the joys we face, the opportunities we face. Thank you for the gifting of the Spirit. The gifting of us so we can serve and love the world and one another. 
the Spirit equipping us so we can face the challenges of the world around us. So ultimately, we can live out your calling on our life to love you with all that we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. In your name we pray, amen.